What is up, GCFM? It is your boy, Sean, here, and we are back with another edition of the Grand Central Fantasy Podcast. <sighs> Mike, you, you feel that? You feel that energy, bro? It is the last day where there is no football on the horizon, or where there is no football. I don't know. There's football tomorrow. It's starting tomorrow. We got opening night. How you feeling, baby? Oh, I'm fucking pumped, bro. We got the Bucks. We got the Cowboys. We got, more importantly, all of our fantasy football drafts done with. Hell yeah. It was fucking great. I killed it. You fucking did terrible once again. It's just, uh, I don't know, the same shit as usual. Listen, speaking of terrible performances, we're coming off your solo podcast. If you yes. haven't if you haven't heard that, go back to the, the feed. It dropped last week. Um, Mike had some good information there that's now obsolete because this shit moves so fucking fast. But yeah. we got a lot to talk about. We got a lot to talk about. Before we get to it, we just want to give a shout out to all our Patreon members, all the motherfucking OGs of the Grand Central Fantasy family uh you know them as the gcf fam if you are interested listen week one week one is here baby okay if you want access to us unlimited access to us during the football season exclusive tailor-made content to your fantasy team you got to go sign up at grandcentralfantasy.com on patreon so patreon patreon.com backslash grandcentralfantasy it's all there for you we got Tons of exclusive content. You've heard it. We, we've talked about it a million times. We don't want to jam it down your throat as much as you know we like to already. I'm a big fan of jamming things down your guys' throats, as you know. Um, but, Mike, I, we, we have to talk about a serious topic here. Are you ready? Are you ready for this? Um, no, not really. You're not the most serious person I've ever met in my life, but it's, let's I'm, go. I'm, I'm serious when I need to be. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, Mike... It's all going to be okay, I think. But like I usually like to say, I'm the Mount Rushmore of Grand Central Fantasy. I think right up there is fuck kickers, um, Antonio Brown. The third one is a little, who knows, we, we could slot in a lot of things. But I think Austin Eckler is up there as a guy we have hyped up, along with a lot of other people in the fantasy football world. But Austin Eckler is a guy specifically this year in PPR formats that we hyped up as a league winner. A lot of other people did. We took it to that next level because we're Grand Central Fantasy. You already know the vibes. We're already on, we're on top of the shit before anybody else is. News came out today, Mike. Our boy Eckler has a fucking hamstring injury. The same injury that kept him out. I think it was six games last year. How are you feeling about our guy, Austin Eckler? Uh, I'm a little nervous. I think everyone should be a little nervous, too. Um, so, yeah, he didn't practice today. Hamstring injury. Same thing he had last year. It's scary. It's scary news. You invested a first-round pick into Austin Eckler. Rightfully so, which you should have. I mean, we see what he did two years ago. We've seen what he did when he came back from his injury last year. He dominated. And Justin Herbert and him connected. There's some chemistry there between them. Um it's uh, scary news uh, there. And week one, I would assume the Chargers would want to take a safe approach, sit out their, um, sit out their elite running back. Uh, I mean, it's still too soon to tell. Thursday, tomorrow practice, you know, maybe we'll get a little bit more information, see if he's on the field. But I mean, week one, you know, you got 18 weeks in the season now. 
no reason to push it. I have a feeling that you're going to see uh, some Justin Jackson, some Joshua Kelly on the field. Um, Trash. And, yes, and which was my next point. Don't get cute. Don't start them. Please. Not, just oh. don't start them, like, mostly because they're not that good, but also they're playing the Washington football team, who's uh, one of the best defenses probably in the NFL. I think that's pretty safe to say, pretty fair to say. Um, so, yeah. I'm, I am concerned, though, about Austin Eckler, man. We got to, uh, you know, it's still early. We got to see how serious his hamstring injury is. This is. You know, he dealt with it last year. It's scary stuff. The real issue, the real issue here is right now. There's not a wealth of information as far as um, what exactly the severity of the hamstring. No news about an MRI. No news about anything. No timelines. No nothing. Basically, um, yeah. recording this, it's ten nineteen on Wednesday night on the East Coast right now. So maybe by this time tomorrow, we'll have a little bit more clarity. But he still has two days to practice. I have a feeling on Friday we might see him practice a little bit. And and you're right, bro. I, I, I do think they're not going to be in a rush to have him go up against Chase Young and all those guys over at D.C. But, I mean, enough's enough. They, they want him to play. If, he, if he's going to go, I don't think they're going to rest him. I mean, this is a team with a terrible defense, and if they have a shot at all of contending, it's going to be by just – overpowering their opponents with their offense. So if all, if Eckler can go, I think he will go. But I do have to say, I think it's 50-50 right now. Please do not inundate us. I'm, we're already getting them. If, if you know, if you're listening to this podcast, you, follow, you definitely follow us on Twitter. But we're already getting questions. Oh, should I sit fucking uh, Gus Edwards for Joshua Kelly? Like, stop, stop. These guys are not going to be league winners in week one. It's just week one. Pump the fucking brakes. Everybody take a collective breath and let's just see how things unfold. Am I right or am I right, Mike? No, you're definitely right. You're definitely right. Um, yeah, we just all we can do is wait and see what happens. And um, it's scary, Sean. It is scary. It, you invested a first round pick in this guy, like, like I said, rightfully so, which you should have. Um, but all we can do is wait and see what happens. Hopefully it's not serious. And he's not a guy where it's like, oh, you got to get his handcuff like. Madison with um, Cook or you know what I'm saying it's like oh go get Justin Jackson like these guys suck like we, we saw what they did last year nobody's really that impressive I guess Jackson's okay but him at his best is a flex option so you know I'm tired of these depressing ass topics we have to get the emergency topic right off the bat I have something that I really need to see if Mike can set me straight on because I maybe I just don't get it. But before we get to that, this is another one of those pods where me and Mike are just going to be going off topics um, that we have that are bugging us on the eve of uh, opening night for the NFL. Um, next week, you're going to see the more traditional um, GCF podcast in-season format. Um, if you followed us last year, if you listened last year, you know exactly what we're talking about. If you didn't, make sure you tune in. Uh, next Wednesday morning, the pod will be up and we will be good to go. So Mike, go ahead. What do you want to talk about first? Because, uh, you know, I got, I got, I, I have a pretty intense question for you. Oh, really? Yes. All right. I'll go then. I mean, I'm intrigued by your intense question, but we're just going to kick things off with King Najee Harris. Um, he's been fucking handed the throne and the key to the city. And you know what? Now's the fucking time. 
week one in the motherfucking building, folks. It's Wednesday night. When you're listening to this, it'll be Thursday, which means it's official. It's fucking NFL game day time. And week one is bringing me Najee Harris versus the Buffalo Bills. And, you, you know, Sean, the people out there have been listening to me. I've been a harsh critic of uh, Harris. I'm not, I, I don't hate the guy. I just haven't been in love with his average draft position. Um, mm-hmm. a lot, you know, a lot of people out there have been spending a first round pick on this guy. You know, some second, but if you really, really loved him, you know, a lot of these people were taking him at the end of the first round. So um, I'm excited to see what Najee Harris has in store for um, us in the fantasy community. I mean, we know he was a stud at Alabama, dynamic running back for years. Um, it's just the thing. I love Najee Harris as a football player. I mean, you've seen him in the preseason breaking ankles. Uh, you've seen him in the preseason uh, catching passes from Big Ben. Um, but it's just the situation he's in, and that's what scares me. They were the worst rushing attack last year, and I mean, obviously Najee Harris wasn't a part of it. They had James Conner there, not a great running back, but a decent running back. Yeah, he sucks. He does, but you know, it's it it, it could be worse, I guess. But they they averaged the fewest amount of yards per care um uh, per game last year. They had a, their offensive line was horrible last year, and it's going to be horrible again this year. And let's face it, they're a pass-heavy offense. So um, I just want to see what Najee Harris is going to bring to the table against the Buffalo Bills. Buffalo Bills defense is not the Bills defense that we've been prone to the last couple of years. We've seen them last year ease up a little bit. They were probably about average, middle-of-the-pack defense. Um, I'm really excited to see what um, he's going to bring to the table week one. I have him ranked this week as my 15th running back, so I have him as like a running back too. How do you feel about Najee Harris um, for this season, which you know we touched on, touched on a lot with him this offseason, but most importantly, how do you feel about him going into week one? What are, what are your expectations? Well, real quick, make sure you guys all go to grandcentralfantasy.com and check out Mike's rankings because they're honestly one of the most elite level rankings that we have out there. Short and sweet. Nice and simple. We're not going to give you a blurb on every player, but for your toss-up questions, make sure you check out those rankings. As far as Harris goes, you're right about the Steelers last year. They finished dead last. I'm pretty sure their um, rushing yards average was around like 80. I think it was like 85. It was or the worst. Like that, yeah, it was which terrible. is disgusting when you think yeah. about today's NFL. But this is the thing. Fuck the Buffalo Bills. Their defense is, it's good, but I mean, they got rookies on the secondary for Christ's sake. And I mean, that's their, that's what they're selling the fan base is like, oh, this is like a Super Bowl defense. Now defense isn't the same as it has been, but for in the past, basically there is, there are no good defenses anymore, in my opinion, in the NFL, like what we saw growing up, but Najee Harris He's not going to be a fantasy guy where we see he's not going to be like a Derrick Henry where he's going to just bell cow, bang down, bang down these fucking defensive linemen, get tons of fucking opportunities, tons of fucking um, carries. He's not going to volume you to death with getting 40, 50 carries. What Najee Harris is going to do this weekend, if he's successful, against Buffalo is what he's going to do for the rest of his career for the next probably two to four years as a running back. And it's going to be break off an explosive play. Do not be surprised 
if you see Najee Harris go for a 60-yard touchdown, whether it's a pass from Big Ben um, or a run up the middle or, or some bullshit like that, he is going to go for a massive um, big gainer play. That is how he's, his bread and butter is going to work this fantasy season. Um, it's He's the only game in town. I don't want to hear about Jalen Samuels if he's even still with the team. I, I didn't even keep up with fucking roster cuts for the Steelers because I know – that this is the guy you want to own, Najee Harris. I, I do want to temper expectations. I was in the same boat as you in the sense where it's like, hey, I'm not taking him in the first round. We were um, in a draft over the weekend where somebody took him in the first round, and I get it. I get that thought process, but he is just too reliant on – he's going to be too reliant on the big play to be that bona fide running back one I think he's going to fall into the running back two area most of the season and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that think of his style play is going to be a little bit more like Alvin Kamara do you agree with that I mean I uh, I not a hundred percent because Alvin Kamara I never think I don't think out of Alvin Kamara as like a great running back I think of him you know, solely as this dynamic playmaking pass catcher out of the backfield. And you know what? Najee Harris does have that in him, but I also think Alvin Kamara, what wide receivers did the Saints have on that team that were somewhat talented besides Michael Thomas? You can't really even name any. Uh, Joe Horn. Joe, huh? Joe Horn. Joe Horn. Oh, yeah. Joe in 1936. But <laughs> um, in Pittsburgh, Najee Harris is lucky if he's going to be the fourth best uh, pass catcher on the team because he's going to lose out the targets from obviously yes. the target king himself, Deontay Johnson. He's okay. going to lose targets and volume from Chase Claypool, from your boy Juju, TikTok, Shake Fuck My Ass too. Schuster. And, you know, and you, there's they have some tight ends over there that um, they like too. Uh, Eric E. Braun and I, the other guy, I think his name is Jace something. I can't remember off the top of my head right now. Doesn't matter. But anyway, yeah, exactly. So, I just feel like Najee Harris isn't going to be a huge part of that part, uh, um, a part of the passing game. I do think that there's going to be volume there for him, which is appealing. I just, it's just the offensive line ruins it for me. And he will probably break off a huge run um, here and there, but I think that's going to be it. Uh, I really do. They shuffled a lot of things around in that offensive line. They had uh, injuries last year and young players that they drafted the first couple rounds, I believe. And it's just, I don't know. I just I don't have any faith in the offensive line there because they really didn't do anything this offseason to make it much better. So that's all I got on Najee Harris. Uh, moral of the story, I hope you didn't draft Najee Harris at, um, with a first-round pick. If he's your second running back on your team, touche. I'm all about it. But Najee Harris um, probably will be running back two for you this year, which is fair, and I have him as my running back 15 on uh, week one. Sean? Go ahead, go ahead. That's what we saw a lot in uh, GCF grade. A lot of people were taking him as their RB2. And, you know, I I don't think – I think it's smart to not dismiss the fact that, frankly, there's not a lot of good offensive lines in the NFL really right now outside of, you know, a handful of people. I can think of like, um, you know, Indianapolis, for example. I mean – Christian McCaffrey has one of the worst lines in the NFL and nobody's really talking about it. I'm not saying that's fair. That's fair. Najee Harris is on that level. Um, cause of course he's not, but 
I do think it shouldn't be Najee Harris is a must start every week, every single week, right? Uh yeah, I mean, most likely, yes. We'll see. That to be to be continued because Mike I, now this might be tough for some listeners after Thursday night, but maybe they can listen to listen back to this and see if we were right or wrong because I don't want to get – we'll get into a little specifics. A lot of people wanted to hear us talk about the um, Tampa Bay and Dallas game tomorrow night. That That's in Dallas? Uh, yes. Okay. Um, is it? Let me check. <laughs> that, I was going to say that. that it's in Tampa weird. Bay. It's in Tampa Bay. It is? Okay. Yes, okay. I was yeah, going to say. 100% Tampa Bay. Confirmed. They just changed it to Tampa Bay. Oh, they did just change it. Wow. Breaking news on, on uh, the GZF podcast. Okay. So, Mike, real quick question. Maybe you can explain this to me because I missed something along the way. When did the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense become the greatest defensive force this league has ever seen to the point where we are getting questions on if they should, you should bench Zeke, CeeDee Lamb, Amari Cooper, um, because all I've been hearing all offseason is how this defense, everybody's returning starter. Oh my God. Everybody's back, bro. And, and Tom Brady's drinking tequila and he's making like the emoji face with his like one uh, eye closed and his tongue out. And he's going so crazy. And oh, like Gronk uh, date raped another girl, bro. It's so cool. Like, oh, champions. Everybody's back. And this defense was a good defense last year. Don't get me wrong. Uh, Todd Bowles, your boy, defensive coordinator of the year. We get it. Um, they still averaged over giving up three touchdowns. I think it was they averaged 21.5 points a game uh, last year, which was still in the top 10 of defenses. But why? what is up with this narrative going into tomorrow night that Tampa Bay is the new Steel Curtain or the new 85 Bears, and they're just going to shut down Dak, shut down this fucking high-powered offense that literally everybody else is jerking off. Everybody else in this industry until – Two days ago was all about, oh, my God, Dak. Oh, oh, Dak, Zeke. Oh, he's back. Blah, blah, blah. I know Zach Martin's out, but, you know, I, I'm getting my blood pressure up enough. You you talk to me and, and try to shed some light on this because I really don't know what's going on. Well, I mean, Tampa Bay is a very good defense, so yes. we'll, we'll put it out there. It's not like, you know, the Steel Curtain or like, you know, the, the Purple pe- uh, People Eaters or, you know, anything along oh, those lines. Nice pull there. Yeah. I like yeah, thank you. So, but they are a g- very good defense. They are a super Super Bowl winning defense. Uh, a large part of them winning the Super Bowl was because of their defense. I mean, obviously, Tom Brady, the offense was dynamic, but their defense, you know, let's not forget they held the Chiefs to nine points in the Super Bowl. So, but Mike, okay. Mike, I, Mike, I, Mike, I, okay. Mike, I know Mike. I'm, I'm not. I'm not trying to dig too much into it. I'm not. Mike. I'm not trying to dig too much into it. I, I, I'm going somewhere. Let okay. me finish for a second. I'm going somewhere with this. I am a little, uh, it's not so much Tampa Bay's defense that I'm so concerned about in this game tomorrow, because I do think Tampa Bay is going to shove it down the Cowboys throats Really? for me. Yes, I do. For me, I think part of the issue um, that I'm, and you know me, I've double handed jerked off the Cowboys all off season. I I'm all over Dak. I'm all over Zeke. There's just so much jerking off going on. I don't know what to do, but I think week one, we have to tamper expectations with Dallas a little bit because 
Dak Prescott has not played football in a very long time. Dak Prescott's been brought along slowly. Dak Prescott had a, uh, a minor uh, injury during training camp and preseason that halted him a little bit too. Dak Prescott hasn't seen, I don't believe, any action in preseason. That is why I'm tampering expectations a little bit for Dallas in this game. Is that fair? or? Sure. All that's fair. But real quick, Mike. Yes. The Buccaneers won the Super Bowl and their defense looked great. Because the Chiefs didn't have both their fucking starting tackles in the Super Bowl, okay? That, I'm okay, tired yeah. of this fucking narrative from the media that this defense, oh my God, blah, blah, blah. And like, listen, I'm not a Tom Brady fan. I'm not, okay? I, I'm, I've been one of the people talking about his downfall for the past five, six years. Um, but at the end of the day... There's always something with Brady where he gets lucky. Not every single time, but a lot of the time he's got luck on his side. And this was another case of that. Now that's a whole separate issue. I know we got we got a couple people that are um, Chiefs fans that are really uh, that are close followers of us that are patrons and stuff. So so we're gonna leave that alone. That's a topic for another day. As far as this game tomorrow, I really feel like. Sure. If if I'm gambling, I, I already have. I took the um, Cowboys plus seven against Buccaneers because I think it's going to be close. Buccaneers were going to blow out the Saints last year in week one, too. They lost that game. Week one is the hardest game to predict traditionally. From a fantasy football perspective, though, I don't give a shit if this is the Purple People Eaters or or whatever, the fucking um, 85 Bears. Think of the, the greatest defenses of all time. I'm starting fucking Dak. I'm starting Zeke. I'm starting CeeDee Lamb. I'm starting Amari Cooper. And we're going to fucking ball out, okay? These guys are going to have great production from a fantasy perspective. And, Mike, I'm going to let you go about Tampa Bay skill position players because I know you want to talk about Godwin. That was a big topic. But do not sleep on Dallas tomorrow. They might not win the game, but they're going to fucking score points. This team is not going to be shut out. You know, maybe we got to temper expectations with Zeke a little bit because Zach Martin is out with this COVID uh, procedure, all this stuff. You know, feel whatever you want about COVID right now, but I'm already sick of the fucking, um, you know, waiting periods and stuff. The first game right off the bat, we got to deal with COVID. I mean, that's just my fucking frustration. I don't give a shit. Vaccines, whatever, that's your fucking business. But already we're dealing with this COVID shit. That's a good reason why we told you make sure you're drafting uh, handcuffs and getting a lot of running back depths because we're seeing a lot of this bullshit already. The season hasn't even started yet. But Outside of everybody else, Mike, is there really a reason I'm not starting a guy like C.D. Lamb or Dak besides the reasons you brought up that are internal with the Cowboys? Nothing should re- – there's no defense in today's NFL that is going to make me not start a guy. The closest I can think of is maybe the Rams with their secondary like Allen Robinson is going up against um, the Rams this week, and I and I'm maybe bumping him down to a flex play. But my point point overall is, Mike, like, should we really be that scared of uh, the Buccaneers defense? Like everybody is making it seem. No, not scared. Thank you. And um, like you said, you said it perfectly. You know, tamper expectations. Listen, you drafted Ezekiel Elliott with the first round pick. Touche. You drafted CeeDee Lamb with the third round pick. 
Cooper with like a, I don't know, fifth like round fourth, pick. Fourth, yeah, fifth fourth, round, fifth yeah. round pick. You grab Dak as one of your early quarterbacks. Um, you drafted these guys because you wanted to fucking, you know, win your leagues. You wanted to win football. And you're going to draft these studs and they're going to come up against tough defenses. Just don't don't ask these stupid questions like, should I start Ezekiel Elliott or should I start like, um, I don't know, Michael Carter on the Jets, just for example. Like, No, this is your guy. You're going to fucking start him no matter what defense he's going up against. So I, I 100% understand where you're coming from. You know, you start your studs no matter what. You're never gonna sit the. You're never gonna sit Ezekiel Elliott. You're never gonna sit Ceedee Lamb unless yeah. you know you have fucking DeAndre Hopkins, Tyreek Hill, Devontae Adams on your team. You know, which you don't. Um. So yes, uh, tamper expectations possibly a little bit for this game, but you start your studs. You always start your studs. Thank you. And speaking of studs, thank you for letting me get that off my chest. Of course, man. The but the. Dallas Cowboys defense is still garbage. I don't care what anybody says. It, it might not be a fucking leaking sieve like last season, but it's still nothing crazy. Talk to me about our guy, Antonio Brown. Talk to me about Godwin. Talk to me about Evans. Fuck Tom Brady. But what are you thinking we see tomorrow? Because I got all bucks as a big go for tomorrow night. Yeah, um, I'm. I think it's going to be fucking. Uh, Tom Brady's going to go off. Tom Brady's just always a man on a mission, Sean. He always feels like he has a chip on his shoulder when there's no reason for him to have a chip on his shoulder. Like you just won a Super Bowl as a 44 year old quarterback, um, like your sixth Super Bowl, and yet, like, I just feel like Tom Brady's the type of guy that like is going to go into that game like feeling like he has something to prove. Yeah. And he's going into that game feeling like he has something to prove against, you know, you basically said a below average defense in Dallas. Whether if some somebody wants to say that defense is better or not this year, it's still not good. Tom Brady's going to throw the ball. He's going to throw the ball a lot. He's going to throw the ball early. I think um, I'm very excited for Chris Godwin this year. I have Chris Godwin ranked over Mike Evans. I'm not going to get too much into that because we talked about that a lot this offseason. I know a lot of people are worried about this Chris Godwin hamstring injury. And, you know, I tweeted about Chris Godwin, how pumped up for tomorrow. And people were having fucking uh, panic attacks and like freaking out. Like, how dare you? His hamstring. Well, he practiced today. He's fine. He's going to fucking play. He's going to dominate. Um, if you have any of these Tampa Bay Buccaneer wide receivers, like obviously you started Mike Evans, obviously you started Chris Godwin, Antonio Brown, one of our favorite um, values and drafts this year. Th- this is why you drafted him, folks. You're starting him. He's a. I'm not even. I don't even want to call him a flex play. Like he's basically like a wide receiver two play. But if you have Antonio Brown on your team, you're putting him in. These guys, all these guys, should get multiple targets, like eight plus targets, every single one of them at minimum. Um, I think I think it's I think it's going to be a high scoring game. I think Tampa Bay is going to come come away with it. But um, I'm very excited for all these Tampa Bay wide receivers, um, and you guys should be too. It's definitely going to be a bloodbath for sure. I wouldn't dismiss the Cowboys at all because I really do think I would be shocked if the offense gets shut down tomorrow. I think this. I really think this offense is going it, to – it sounds dramatic, but I think they're going to set a lot of records. I think Dak's going to have a fucking monster year. And I think maybe – you know, the Bucks defense is good, but it's not good enough to really bench these guys. Like I think CeeDee Lamb's going to have a breakout year, put him into that wide receiver one category. I think Zeke kind of takes his place back to where he belongs, yes. where he's been drafted as that top 
running back. I mean, last year we were talking about Zeke maybe RB1. I had him number two, um, or no, I had him number three at CMC, Henry, and then Zeke. Um, I had a guy's like, you know, your boy, Saquon Barkley, who we'll get to in a minute, your boy. Um, But yeah, I'm looking forward to tomorrow night. Let's go, Cowboys. I got him plus seven. What do you got for me, Mike? Okay. Um, I'm going to go with the Broncos rushing attack next. Um, I'm very, very excited for Javante Williams. Um, so over Melvin Gordon, but let's, you know, let's just, let's talk about, uh, the Broncos who are facing your G man, um, on Sunday. Um, so Williams, as we all know, had an excellent training camp. He's looked great with the Broncos in preseason. Uh, Gordon, I think he missed some time in the preseason with the groin injury. A lot of people freaking out about that, but this is Melvin Gordon. We're talking about entering the final year of his contracts. Okay. Um, all the signs, Sean, are pointing to Williams, you know, splitting opportunities with Gordon when the Broncos, you know, open up uh, in this game. But I, I, I truly feel, and I, we talked about it a lot. I truly feel this is going to be Javante Williams' team to take over. And I brought up the situation with J.K. J.K. Dobbins last year. How Dobbins, you know, they drafted him pretty early, and Mark Ingram was there, and the road was going to be paved somewhat in the middle of the season that. You know, this is going to be Dobbins' team to take over. Ingram's going to fade away, and it did. And I think it's going to be a similar situation this year with uh, Javante Williams, but the only difference is I think it's going to come earlier. I think Javante Williams is going to take over this team a lot earlier. Um, he just does so many things um, better than Melvin Gordon. now. And now that Melvin Gordon's, you know, kind of turning into an older running back, uh, so to say, he's a... Uh, I don't know what is Melvin Gordon twenty seven years old now or something. Uh, I think um, he might be a little older than that. Let me yeah, twenty seven, twenty eight years old, whatever it is. Um, I, and I also think Denver's already valuing Javante Williams so high. If you looked in the last preseason game, Javante Williams didn't see any time on the field. They don't want they don't they do not want this guy to get hurt because they 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 know this is the future um, of their rushing attack in Denver and he's going to be play a vital part in Denver's offense this year. Um, I know there's still people that are holding on to Melvin Gordon. He's the veteran. He's a leader, um, leadership presence in the locker room, but I think just Javante Williams does so many things better than Melvin Gordon at this uh, point in his career. Um, looking into this game coming up, I think it's, I think it's going to be pretty close splitting carries. I think Williams is probably going to out snap him a little bit. Um, you know, so to speak, uh, not so much 50, 50, but I don't know, maybe like a 60, 40 or something to start the year. Uh, it just, you know, less wear and tear fresh legs. I'm fucking pumped for Javante Williams. I, I sent out a tweet seeing, you know, who people were really excited for, uh, to start the season. Um, I'm sorry for, um, see who people were most excited for to see in week one. And so many people said Javante Williams, and I'm all about that. I am so ready and excited to see what Javante Williams is going to bring to the table for the Broncos. And most importantly for fantasy football, it's definitely going to be interesting to see because the Broncos are going to shit down the giants throat this week. 1000%. So I'm not really concerned about the giants doing anything and we'll get to them in a minute. Yeah. Javante really could start taking it over this week. The only thing that holds me back from that is the old school mentality of the Broncos coaching staff. They have Vic Fangio, who's basically a corpse. I mean, the guy's like 70 something years old, defensive guy, you know, 
in the retirement home, doesn't really know where he is. But he doesn't really touch the offense. We got our guy Pat Shermer, your boy, former Giants uh, head coach, who's returning to um, Jet Stadium, Jet Life Stadium, um, this weekend. And, you know, I don't know if you knew this, Mike, but Pat Shermer coached a guy, uh, I don't know if you heard of him, Dalvin Cook before? No, never. Um, So he's got experience with running out a explosive, multi-talented running back. Now, Melvin Gordon is 28 years old. He turned 28 in April. He's lost a step. That groin, I feel like, has been bothering him, Mike, for the past, like since he was in San Diego, like the past four years, it's always been a groin issue. I don't think he's going to totally take over Javante right off the bat. I do think we'll see maybe an injury open um, the door for him a little more or something. We're, we're definitely going to see it's not going to go smoothly. I wouldn't be surprised. I think it could go either way. I think Javante could have a big game this Sunday or it could be more of like a flex play. Maybe he finds the end zone and then maybe we see like week two and three. Like we, we're going to get the breakout earlier than we thought, which is basically your point. Yes. Right. We're going to get it earlier in the sense where I was, I remember when we first talked about him, I was talking about week six, week seven, but it's like, why though? I, I, like these young running backs, just like my guy, Najee Harris, I'm claiming him as my guy after your Najee Harris lander earlier. Thank you. He's yours. Take him. He is my guy. Thank you very much. Um, let's go Steelers. Big Ben is not a wow. rapist. Um, he's he he's innocent. Um, how dare you? But just anyway, has ass on his face. He does have ass skin on his face, but my guy Najee uh, doesn't. But listen, I digress. Not, no. So there's Teddy Bridgewater, my guy, already talking about um, how Javante ha- shares some similar similarities with Alvin Kamara. I like that. Um, I do think he's going to get involved in the game plan a lot more, like you said, 60-40 or whatever. And uh, more of the story is the Giants' defense is a fucking joke. Um, so I do think we're going to see a lot of offense from uh, the Denver Broncos this week. How do you feel about that game from a fantasy perspective overall, Mike? Because spoiler alert, on Friday we have the must-starts coming out, and my start of the week is Cortland Sutton. Um, I think <clears> – <throat> Uh, number one, I hate the Giants, but number two, I think um, I, I got to give their defense a little respect at least. Their defense okay. played decent last year. I'm not calling, you know, I'm not saying they're this, you know, stud um, uh, lineup they're putting out there, but they they are. You got to show them a little respect, I think, and um, that's why I have Javante Williams as a, a flex play, kind of because you know it's not the best defense, not the worst, and also because the carries and stuff. Um, um, you know, I think he's going to see some split carries, but, um, Denver as a whole, I, yes, I'm, I'm excited for, um, Denver this weekend with Cortland Sutton. I think Cortland Sutton's going to have a fine season. I think he's going to come back from that ACL injury. No problem. I talked about that early on in one of our first podcasts, um, of the off season talking about how a lot of these young wide receivers come back and dominate after an ACL injury like Keenan Allen, Jordy Nelson. There's a bunch of guys out there to name a few, so I'm not worried about him. Jerry Judy. A lot of people are um a lot of people seem like they're higher on Jerry Judy than Cortland Sutton, Sean. I'm I'm a little surprised by that. I know they drafted him as a first round pick. I know Jerry Judy's very talented, but I didn't see enough from him last year. 
I'll I never just think, understand it. I I, I, I do like Jerry Judy a lot, but I just I don't understand it from a standpoint of who's the be- better receiver on the team. I think Cortland Sutton is a um, stronger receiver, a uh, bigger you know bigger receiver, bigger target, taller target. So, um, bigger dick. Uh, I mean, you can be the judge of that. I, I I don't know. I never seen it, but yeah. That's what I heard. Yeah, so yeah, I, I guess. But um, get, going back to Javante Williams, I just also want to throw out there: Denver has one of the best running back schedules. If you look at their schedule uh, for the whole season, they ha- I think they're like top three, top four. They say uh, easiest schedule for running backs, and it gets real sexy towards the end of the season too. Um, we think Javante Williams is you know going to steal it early on. He might not this workload, but he will definitely be the lead running back at least towards the end of the season where week 14, he plays the Lions. Week 15, he plays the Bengals. Week 16 against the Raiders, who suck against the run. And then week 17 against the Chargers. So that, that's another reason why I hope everyone got back, got on the Javante Williams bandwagon when we were hyping him up. Um, yeah. So what do you got next for me, Shawnee boy? Well, we're staying with this game. And I wanted to talk about it more on in a broad sense, but I think this good. Um, I think this game is a good uh, microcosm. Word of the day: Google it, you fucking illiterates. Wow, is a good microcosm of the whole year for Saquon Barkley. Now, Mike, you know me, man. I'm going to be 31 next month. I'm trying to be a little bit more mature, you know. Um, I, I was reflecting mm. the other day, and I was like, you know. Maybe we've been a little too hard on Saquon Barkley. Maybe it's not his fault necessarily. So I wanted to, I just wanted to be as clear as possible for Saquon Barkley owners out there because there's a lot. There's a lot of our followers that drafted Saquon and they're excited about it, but then they they hear our content or read our tweets and they see that we're not that big on them. Listen, Saquon Barkley's injury prone. I'm sorry. Okay. He just is. But it's not the end of the world. I really do think he could have a good fantasy impact. I think one day, even though we're running out of time, I mean, this is his fourth year in the league, and we know the lifespan of a running back is is short. But I think one day he could get back to that RB1 uh, level. I really think he could. While he's on the New York Giants, I don't see that ever happening. And the fact of the matter is... I'm really not trying to pick apart the Giants. Like you said, you gave their defense a little bit more credit. And I think Joe Judge is a great coach. I really do. Um, Before the Jets hired Robert Sala, I was, you know, wishing that we had a coach like Joe Judge. He got, he gets the most out of that shit pile of a team. The defense isn't as bad as I made it seem before. The offensive line is, okay? They're, They're holding that thing together with fucking duct tape. And JV fucking players, that that thing has been broken for years now. And I genuinely feel bad for Giant fans because all you heard from the Giant beat beat reporters is, oh, they're going to fix the line. They're going to fix the line. The OBJ trade, they got all those picks. Oh, we're going to fix the line. We're going to fix the line. They signed that asshole from New England that fucking opted out because of COVID. What's his name? Uh, Joe. um, Joe doesn't uh, even fucking matter. Yeah, it's a because he fucking sucks anyway, right? So my point is with Daniel Jones at quarterback too, think about it. 
there hasn't been, yes, he's been hurt, but ever since Daniel Jones has been the quarterback of the Giants, Barkley really hasn't done anything to make him a true running back one. You're starting running back. And, you know, we got Kenny Galladay. That used to be our boy. He was on the Mount Rushmore Grand Central Fantasy for a little while. Um, there, Who? Nuzzy Galloway? <laughs> Nuzzy Galloway. Saucy Sailor Galladay. Um, but my point, like, Galladay was in a press conference the other day talking about the offense is going to start off slow. I got news for you. I don't think the Giants – I think they're going to go like one and seven. I was looking at their schedule today. What what have they shown us in preseason or last year? What has Daniel Jones shown us? What has this offensive line shown us that they are going to be a solid team? And people are picking them to win the NFC East when you got the Washington football team and the Dallas Cowboys out there. I mean, those teams aren't perfect, but at least they're fielding like NFL quality talent. I, I don't see – that that offensive line is the worst in the NFL to me. How do you feel about Barkley? Have you adjusted your expectations at all? Because I want to try to shine the light more. It's not Barkley himself. It's more his surrounding cast. I mean, that those are all, all very fair points, Sean. Very fair. The offensive line is terrible. <clears throat> and it's, I don't know. There's a lot of moving parts over there. There's a lot of things I don't like. Obviously, Daniel Jones is Apple turnover. Um, it's I just, love it. It, yeah, it's terrible. But um, I don't want to shit on Saquon as much as maybe you do or other people. I think there's hope for him to be a running back one this season. And I am not I'm not saying as a high end running back one, by all means, not even close to it. Uh, like he was being drafted early on as ESPN loves to rank him as like their third best, the third best running back in fantasy football. I'll never which understand. is a fucking joke. And how some of these other fantasy football quote unquote experts, um, smalls uh, is like jerks off Saquon Barkley. So, um, yeah, yeah, I said it. Um, cancel, <laughs> cancel me, I'm canceled. So, but I still think there's hope for Saquon Barkley um, as a um, low end running back one. I think uh, there's some problems though with him. Number one, his injury coming back from injury. In this week, in week one, Sean, my expectations from Saquon Barkley are that he's it's going to be a true uh, running back by committee. It's going to be like a 50-50 split. This is just, you know, no one told me this. This is just what I'm thinking because they're going to baby this guy. They're going to bring him along slow. It's a long season. Uh, he's coming back from serious injury. They're going to baby this guy, and they're going to baby him for a while. In time, eventually, I think they're going to bring him along as, you know, you know maybe like an 80-20 percent uh split and where he's you know working the ball majority he's the main running back but when you go down the line sean and you look at some of these defenses that the giants have to face second half of the season it's it's going to be tough for saquon barkley it's going to be tough for him to do much on the ground he's got to go against your um elite uh one of the best defenses ever tampa bay buccaneers he's got to face the eagles twice he's facing the bears who you know the bears aren't anything crazy anymore he's facing the dolphins who have a pretty solid defense you know you gotta you gotta show them some respect from the run de defenses uh their run defense um there's some troubles man with saquon barkley and uh just not all the stars are lining up for him um, Is he even, I, did they even announce if he's playing 
I don't think they announced it, but I mean, I really think I really think he's playing. I think he's going to be on the field, but I just don't think he's going to be on the field that much. He needs to. I mean, he's their best player, and yes, Denver's defense is no fucking joke, bro. People are sleeping on it. Yes. Oh, a hundred percent. And um, I, actually, I have Saquon Barkley. I mean, maybe I have him lower than anybody else in the industry this week. Or well, you might not think it. You might think it's fair, but I have him as my running back eighteen on the week, and that's just because of his talent yeah. level. Like, uh, it, it maybe it should be lower than that. I don't think he's going to be that fair. much. But he, yeah, fair. but he's he's a talented running back, and Daniel Jones could dump the ball off to him in the open field. You know, say quad Barkley with us quads is going to show him off, you know, um, pregame, but um, he'll do damage in the air as a pass catcher, too. So, yeah, I, I think it's fair, though, Sean, to be scared of uh, Saquon Barkley in the season and to think that he's not going to finish the season as a running back one. I think that's very fair. So the only other site that we use fantasy pros because they're the gods and I mean, love they're fan. just love they're fantasy pros. pros. They're on another level. I mean, if you don't go on fantasy pros go because they're great they have barkley 13th you have them 18th they have him ranked just ahead of carson at 14 gus bus at 18 see i i don't know about that i don't know about that but i think I it's gus fair. Bus 12 yeah, yeah I, I i they basically you guys basically have him swapped um and you know you're 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 a much better writer than anybody over at fantasy pros as we know so oh, yeah, um, definitely all right, we, we spent enough time on this bullshit. I can't wait for this weekend, Mike, just because I we can finally see all this come to fruition, all our predictions, all this bullshit. And real quick before we move on to the next topic, make sure you go to grandcentralfantasy.com. Our gambling um, contributor, D Sparks GCF, follow him on Twitter, just dropped his uh, first gambling blog of the year. We're going to be getting a lot coming in. Um, you know, make sure if you're a big gambling guy out there, make sure you go fucking subscribe, make sure you go check all that stuff out. We got a lot of big things coming on the gambling side too. Um, and Mike, what do you got for me? What's next? <laughs> all right. Let's see what I got here. Oh yeah. This is what I want to talk about. You know, th- this podcast is really about like, you know, week you. one. It's about you. Oh, come on, dude. Obviously it's always about me. I'm the fucking star of the show, but you know, more importantly, this podcast is about what's happening in week one. You know, I, I, I want to tie in what's going on for the rest of the season, but I also want to talk about week one, what I'm looking forward to and something I'm looking forward to, Sean. Oh man, I'm fucking drooling and you'll be drooling as soon as I tell you these names. It's the Titan wide receivers. We're talking AJ Brown. We're talking Julio Jones. I can't fucking wait to see what my boys have in store for us on this season. And we know that the Titans are facing off against the Cardinals on what's that going? That's Sunday at, I want to just see Sunday at one o'clock. Yeah. The Cardinals at Tennessee. Very excited for this because we've spent a lot of time on AJ Brown this off season. We talked about, you know, how he's going to see these huge target load. Um, I had him pinned for like an insane amount of targets, and then all of a sudden they traded for Julio Jones. So I had to tamper that a little bit. I had to, uh, you know, decline what I thought the the amount of targets, the insane amount of targets AJ Brown was going to get. Not not by too much, by a little bit. But um, you know, Corey Davis isn't over there in Tennessee. Jonu Smith isn't over there in Tennessee. That's a lot of targets to make up. Julio is going to eat all those up. Titans Cardinals is going to be a high scoring game. Okay. I think Vegas has them projected like score total to, you know, 
the over to be higher than anyone else's. Arizona's quarterback situation, I don't know if you've seen it, Sean, isn't good, um, especially after uh, uh, Malcolm Butler was on the team last year, retired. Mm-hmm. They have a lot of young guys, a lot of inexperienced guys over there. I think Ryan Tannehill is going to fucking eat. I think every Tennessee Titan player is going to eat, obviously, because uh, I just don't have any faith in the Cardinals' defense. Um, but I think Ryan Tannehill is going to put on a field day. I think he's going to put on a clinic. I think he's going to target A.J. Brown and Julio Jones a lot. Um, I have A.J. Brown, I believe, ranked this week fifth, and I don't have it in front of me. I think I have Julio Jones ranked 16th, so I have him as a wide receiver one and a wide receiver two. Um, I'm just I'm so excited to see what this Titans offense is going to look like this year with Julio Jones in the mix now. I mean, they were already great with, you know, led by Derrick Henry, led by A.J. Brown. And now you have Julio Jones in the mix. This is just such such a fucking sexy team to watch. Uh, and I just can't wait to see what what these receivers have in store this year, uh, especially A.J. Brown. I, you and I really think he's going to take off and going to be one of the elite wide receivers, you know, ending in like that tier one of wideouts. The biggest regret I have from fantasy draft season this year is that I don't own AJ Brown anywhere. It just didn't happen. I was happy because he got taken so early in all my drafts, but it just didn't land right for me. I couldn't agree with you more. You know how I feel about AJ Brown before I get to Julio. Cause I really want to focus on him. Yes. AJ Brown didn't practice today. I don't know if you saw that. Yeah. But it's not. It doesn't look like it's going to be that much of a concern. Some people are freaking out. Um, I was on Twitter before, and uh, he actually tweeted after he didn't practice. He tweeted at some person named Hey K. Uh, her Twitter handles. It's K Adams. I think she works for uh, NFL Network, but she does have us blocked on Twitter. So um, he tweeted. Oh, nice. He tweeted at her, like most of the uh, fantasy football industry, they all block us because we actually we're so hated. We answer their followers, and when they don't, they just want to tweet about you know, I don't even know what they had for lunch, and you know, whatever dumb shit. My kids, some fucking charity, some you know, this kid has cancer. Give him your money, and I won't answer your questions. But anyway. AJ Brown said, oh, I mean, he's talking about fantasy football trades and he's like, oh, week one should be a show. Great feeling about this AJ Brown kid. I think he's going to play, rev him up. The sky is the fucking limit. I love Tennessee um, this year. Their defense is definitely weak, but I think their offense, if like I've told you before, Mike, like in private, I feel like this year, if they're going to do it, if they're going to go to the Super Bowl, it's going to be this year before Henry really falls off a cliff. Well, they got mm-hmm. Julio before he he gets, uh, you know, he's already a little older. But the disrespect that we saw from Julio Jones, who before he got traded to the Falcons, his ADP was in the late second round, early third. I did four drafts in the last like eight days. He went in the fourth and fifth round in every single one of those drafts. And I really don't understand that. Maybe you could shed some light on that for me. Um, I think it's just a lot of people are worried about um, injury concerns because that is a factor with Julio Jones in his career. Um, and also, I think now that he's on a new team and he's not the number one wide receiver, uh, but I mean, hello, like there was two teams last year that had three wide receivers finish in the top 25. Like guys, they can you can have two really good wide receivers on the same team. Like it does happen. 
Um, but uh, yeah, I think a lot of people are worried about Julio Jones' injury history. But when you look back at it, like last year, Julio Jones missed nine games. Uh, uh, he missed seven games. Before that, his last six seasons, the most games he missed in a season was two. Like the guy was always on the fucking field. And you and I don't know if people are still worried about like the red zone usage with them because in Atlanta it was you know it was terrible. But the guy always put up a massive amount of yards. I think he put up like fourteen hundred yards for like six seasons in a row, at least fourteen hundred yards. But now he's going to a team that with the quarterback, you know, I know people still get on Ryan Tannehill. That's our boy, Sean. He was one of the best red zone quarterbacks uh success rate last year in the NFL. I think he was top five in touchdowns in the red zone. I mean, it, it just it just seems like a um, almost like a perfect marriage. And yeah, there is some serious disrespect for Julio Jones, who is a fucking he's a he's a legend, dude. And yeah, hell yeah. I mean he, he might maybe he's not, you know, the Julio Jones that was getting drafted at the end of first rounds anymore, but my God, if he he's going if he won fifth round in your leagues and you picked him up, you gotta fucking steal. You gotta steal. So Stop! Stop the Julio Jones slander. Stop the Julio Jones hate. Guy's gonna eat. Exactly. I mean, I I love them this week especially. Um, I don't think there's anybody out there that's not starting either one of those guys. Oh, yeah. So if you want to move on, I do want to go to a guy that I think we've been getting a lot of toss up questions for him. I I took him in a league last night. I like him a lot in this league this week as well, and that's your boy Adam Thielen. That's dead ass, my boy. Um, you have him ranked a lot higher than anybody, and I was a little apprehensive on him too. And don't get me wrong, I'm not in love with Thielen. He had a lot of games last year. I think it was like five or six games where he had single digit fantasy points. Um, but and he's 31 years old now. But he made up for that by he had the rest of his games were like top 10 wide receivers. So he, he's going to be a solid solid wide receiver too going into this year. I don't think, I I think we're going to see a little bit of touchdown regression, but like you've mentioned before, Jefferson is definitely going to get more of the attention from the uh, top cornerbacks um, on the teams. And honestly, man, I mean, we don't, we don't have to get into it too, too much because I know we got a couple quick hits here, but just sell our followers sell the listeners on Adam Thielen because you could do it do a better job of it than me because I know you've been an Adam Thielen truther for a long time here. So so go ahead, you have my full support. <laughs> I'm, well, I mean, how much time do you have? Because I could talk Adam yeah, all, all day, all night. I I just I can do it because that's what I do. Um, Adam Thielen, he's Adam Thielen is taking a lot of heat, Sean. He's been taking a lot of heat. You're right because what he's 31 years old. Really? Is is that why? Is that old now? Uh, Devontae Adams. How old is Devontae Adams? I think he's 31. He's going in the first round. Mike Evans, third round pick. I think, you know, he's like a year. Evans might be a year older than him. Hopkins is like a year older than him, and he's going in the second round. So we're, are people really worried there's a decline with Adam Thielen? Because I'm hearing a lot about a, a decline because he's getting older. I, I didn't realize 31 was, you know, your fucking senior citizen sign, get your AARP card, you know? Adams um, is Adams is 28. Okay. Hopkins is 29. You want to okay. hear something very surprising? Yes. If I, if I asked you how old Randall Cobb was, would you not say like 42? <laughs> Randall Cobb's got to be what, 29? Dude, I really thought he was like 37. He's only 31. 
Uh, he's been in the league for a while. Yeah, he's been in the league for a while. But anyway, go ahead. Go ahead. Keep going. Thielen, baby. No, but my my point is that a lot of people are talking about a decline with Adam Thielen and stuff. And it's uh, it's large part because of his age. And I think that's fucking bullshit because plenty of wide receivers who are older are doing plenty fine in the NFL. And he's not even old. Another issue that people have with Adam Thielen is his injury history because he fucking hurt his hamstring one time in the NFL. And for some reason, that always gets thrown out. And like, I love when I get into an argument with someone on Twitter because I just throw it in their face that um, Adam Thielen, I think in like six of the last seven years, he's played in 15 to 16 games. Uh, so you're, those injury-prone arguments are invalid. You're a fucking asshole. Um Yes. So I, I don't really understand where there's declines coming from. Like, and they're talking about how many touchdowns. Um, I seen some bullshit article how Adam Thielen should have technically had six touchdowns last year because of uh, I hate the that. analytic experts say. Uh, and well, this year they're projecting for him to get uh, five and a half touchdowns. I don't know how you get a half a touchdown, but that's what they're projecting. Um, I don't understand. Why why is he projected so low? The last three years, he's had at least, I think, six touchdowns in every season. He had 14 last year. So we're jumping from 14 to five and a half. I, I just don't get it. He gets criticized as well, too. I, I'm going to stop talking about this soon because I could do it all day. But he gets criticized as well because his quarterback, because everyone hates on Kirk Cousins. When, in fact, Kirk Cousins, since he's been a Viking, has thrown 4,200 yards in two of the last three years and 30-plus touchdowns in two of the last three years guys uh newest year like Kirk Cousins is not a bad quarterback he's actually uh he's a good quarterback he's a pretty good quarterback so um yeah Adam Thielen's now the second wide receiver you said it Sean he's not going to have that top cornerback on him every year because you got to respect Justin Jefferson that's great for Adam Thielen first half of the season he's going to eat Seahawks Bengals Cardinals Lions Cowboys start him start him start him start him start him it's the whole Minnesota offense. I love Minnesota this year. I I think they can make some noise in the NFC as well. Um, you know, the defense is a little lacking, but the offense, you're right. It, it, they're going to be next level. They really are. I mean, you, I, I, if you need a couple minutes to take uh, Thielen's cock out of your tonsils, just let us know. We'll give, <coughs> we'll right. give you a few seconds there. And uh, I only have one more little thing I want to talk about because I think we'll let the rest go. Um, Le'Veon Bell signed with the Ravens practice squad. Do you think it matters at all? Life's a gamble, bro. Dra- draft him first round. I saw you tweet. I saw you tweeted that from the account. Yeah, respect to the legend, bro. I, I deleted it like immediately. Did you really? Because I didn't think anybody would know what the fuck to talk about. <laughs> they probably like, this guy's drunk. Exactly. Um, wow. Well, first of all, how dare you? Yeah. But uh, second of all, let's not let's not let's not think overthink this too much, man. I mean, n- number one, this is Gus Edwards, Gus Edwards' team now. Okay, Le'Veon Bell. At, you know, wasn't with this team at all the preseason training camp. Uh, barely could find a team until someone got until two players had season ended injuries. This is a terrible offense for Le'Veon Bell's skill set. I think. I mean, they don't throw the ball to their running backs there. You know, um, he will get carries. Just we're getting a lot of tweets about Le'Veon Bell. If we should, Already. Him. yeah. And it's Already. like, people are going really hard and 
most of the time, I'm telling you, no, maybe there are some search situations that maybe you can snag them when you're in a deep league and you're deep at running back and, you know, you want to take that chance, go for it. But, you know, pump the brakes. This is Le'Veon Bell of 2021. This is not Le'Veon Bell on the Pittsburgh Steelers being the number one drafted overall running back. Yeah, I agree. I mean, Gus Bus is still the guy. I just wanted to confirm that with people. I mean, the people listen to this podcast, the numbers grow and grow every week, frankly. And, you know, it's best if you just come right to the podcast for our information and for your information. And honestly, I couldn't be higher on Gus. I don't think anything's getting in his way. People ran to the wire to go pick up Bell. A lot of people drafted him last round. I just think... I think those days are over, man. I think the legacy of Le'Veon Bell is going to be he was generational talent. Um, you know, he they really could have done something in Pittsburgh. If you pay attention, they never could stay healthy. They, if, in the playoffs, either Big Ben got hurt, Bell got hurt, or AB got hurt. If they all stayed healthy, that defense was good enough. They really could have done something. It's a shame they didn't win. But, you know, then he fucked up Bell, too. Yeah, I mean, he could have stayed in Pittsburgh with a, a bigger contract than the Jets offered him, and you know he was chasing paper and he got greedy. He finessed the Jets out of twenty-two million, um, and he sucked. I mean, and, who has? Uh, and then he put out a shitty rap album, and oh, come on. here, here, here we are. Life is a gamble. Life's a gamble, and, and sometimes, sometimes you lose. So, what else you got for me? I'm tapped out, baby. So let me know what we got. All right, uh, I got a couple things here. I won't go crazy, though. We won't go too much into it. I love talking Bengals, bro. I really do. I like the offense over there. I like uh, Bengals are pretty vital, pretty important um, team, especially in fantasy. And, um, you know, most of the Bengals' success, if they're going to be successful, is going to fall on Joe Burrow's lap. I mean, I think that's pretty, you know, safe to say. If he can just, you know, he he has a lot to deal with. Um, Number one, he's going to have to deal with constant pressure from the offensive line. Um, you know, that was talked about so much with how the Bengals drafted Chase and they should have went with uh, uh, whatever his name Sewell is um, uh, from Oregon. Uh, another thing is, um, you know, a lot of people don't talk about it too. He had a really gruesome injury, like the mental impact that's going to take coming back to, to the NFL, knowing that his offensive line sucks. So um, it's going to be interesting to see how Joe Burrow comes back. I'm a I'm a Joe Burrow fan. I'm rooting for Joe Burrow. I don't think he's going to light it up this year, like um, you know, be a a safe top ten quarterback. I think he's going to be, you know, he's going to have his weeks where he finishes a top ten quarterback. But I don't have him really projected as you know being a yeah you know, the top ten quarterback to draft um in your league, so to speak. But Enough about Joe Burrow, um, because he's not the only guy on the team. There's a lot of talented wide receivers, and I want to talk about that with you, Sean. And obviously, Joe Mixon, too, has been a hot topic this um, offseason. I wanted to see where you're at with the Bengals wide receivers, because we talked about it a lot earlier on. You were bigger on Chase, like long before all the bullshit drop talk was going on. You like T. Higgins, not as much as me. I was big on T. Higgins. Um, I think a name we got to start bringing up a little bit more. We haven't, and... Um, a lot of people have been pretty vocal about it is Tyler Boyd because I really mm-hmm. think there's a market for him out there. I think he's going to be a solid contributor consider- considering that three, the Bengal wide receivers we saw last year at 100-plus targets, and one of them's gone. Um, a lot of people are pushing Tyler Boyd back to this you know, third wide receiver. I, I, 
I mean, he he might be, he might end up better than that. And I just want to see where your head's at. Also, with Joe Mixon, how you're feeling? Uh, I'm pretty sure you're not you're not on this bullshit hype train that like people think he's no. going to finish as like this top five running back, even though like he's never really been that good. But I just want to see where your head's at with uh, these Bengal uh, offensive weapons because the Bengals are a hot topic in fantasy football this year. Mixon, it's the same as it always has been and will ever be. He goes in the second round. He should go in the fourth round. I know that sounds like a lot. I know that sounds dramatic. Um, I hope he does great. I wish him and his family well, but I've made a fucking career on shitting on Joe Mixon, and I've been right most of the time, so I'm going to let him up for air a little bit here. What I do think is important, because the people that drafted Joe Mixon, they don't need to hear us talk about it. They love Mixon. Good for them. Mazel tov, right? Mm-hmm. I do think it's interesting that everybody, including us, a couple podcasts ago, we were like, oh, is it Higgins or is it Chase? And Boyd is there, man. I mean, he's never going to be a wide receiver one, but he's going to be a solid wide receiver. I think he's going to be a solid flex play for a while. I, I think Higgins might be the guy there right off the bat um if joe burrow can get it together of course which i think he will i mean you know i think so too injuries are a part of it he'll be okay but with chase i do think we're going to see maybe he's gonna need to ease into it a little more than i anticipated at first wow just because wow look at what we got in the preseason it was a mixed bag you know, shitty preseason uh, performances at like in, in the games and then, you know, great week of practice. Did he beat his, uh, the mother of his kid? Maybe, maybe not. That's his business. But a lot of this bullshit going on, I think you're not starting Chase, honestly, until like week three or four. But I think you're starting T. Higgins right out of the gate. Do you agree with that? Where are you? Where are you at? We know, we know you love Higgins. You got the Higgins jersey in your closet right now. But where are you on Chase? Because you were kind of you had one foot in, one foot out anyway for a while. Um, yeah, I wouldn't say that. When we did our top twenty-five wide receivers, I did have him, I believe, as my last wide receiver, and I'm still on him. I don't care about all these bulls that you know he was having all these bullshit drops. I think everything you're saying is fair. Like we might have to, it might be safe to start uh chase. You know, if, if we wait a couple of weeks, the guy sat all the out the whole year in college last year. I don't care what anyone says. That's going to take a toll on your body. Not, you know, being on the field with all these, um, uh, high profile athletes. Um, that's, that's definitely going to take a, you know, a toll on your body. Um, I'm, I do still like chase a lot though. There's a lot of targets there to be had, Sean. And I think chase is going to be a big part of it. I, you know, I'm not going to get too much into it with, you know, the chemistry Joe Burrow and him have, they play with each other. I think a large, a large part of uh, their success is going to be too. Like the Bengals defense is really bad. Some people are trying to kind of like hype them up a little bit, like saying they've been looking good and stuff in the preseason. All I know is they lost one of their best cornerbacks. They lost Carl Lawson, RIP Carl Lawson, because, you know, he got hurt. But they lost a lot of key um, 
uh, key members of their defense this year. I think the Bengals' offense is going to be on the field a lot. I think the Bengals, as a team, isn't aren't going to win a lot of games, so it's going to keep their offense on the field a lot. I think that means there's going to be a lot of targets again. Um, uh, they just seem like a team that's destined to be a high-passing offense. Um, so, yeah, I, I still think there's a, some value in Chase. Like, I think there's a lot of value in Chase. But, yeah, week one, week two, you know, we might have to wait a little bit for to see his full potential come out. Um, but, yeah, to Tyler Boyd, man. Tyler Boyd averaged, I think, like eight targets a game last year. I don't think anyone really <laughs> realizes that. He's he's a big part of that offense, and he has been a big part of that offense now. And they just they have these young, talented wide receivers over there in Cincinnati. So Tyler Boyd seems more like an uh, an afterthought, but I, I really don't think people should think of him as an afterthought. And I got one more thing I just want to say about Joe Mixon real quick because I you know I was I don't know man I just see everyone's like on the Joe Mixon hype train like not everyone some people are and they're just fucking like. I don't know. They're trying to push it down your throat, how he's going to be a God. And I just, I, I can't get behind it. So I'm it's doing like my every year. It's like that I every know. year. It is. It is. But this is the, like, I don't know if this year's they're going harder because this is like literally like their last push at it. Like they, they can't do this again next year. They can't push it a fifth fucking year in a row with this guy. But I'm looking at Mixon's like, he averaged 3.6 yards per carry last season. Everyone's hyping him up last year. Uh, you know, oh, look how well he did before his injury. Um, you know, he averaged, I believe, 3.6 yards per carry last season. And he's averaged 4.1 yards a carry in his career. And we're screaming elite about this guy? Like... I, I, you, you can't you can't say elite and say 4.1 yards per carry in your career in the same sentence. You just can't. Um, he's never finished as a top 10 guy, I believe. Offensive line struggles. He's going to be the fourth option in the passing game. Like People are hyping it up because Giovanni Bernard's gone. They think he's going to be a big part of the passing game. Well, newsflash, they love hitting throwing to their wide receivers. we talked about it a million times. I just can't get behind Joe Mixon. Finishes as like a fucking top five running back. Shut your fucking mouths on Twitter about it. Let him fucking know, baby. No, for real, know. bro. I'm fucking sick of it. These assholes. Fuck them. Talking it, this shit. It's the same shit all the time with Joe Mixon. And it's yeah. always the same assholes <laughs> that don't know what the fuck they're talking about. I, I'm convinced people don't watch football. And, yeah, they, yeah. and they just they just look at like the fantasy app. And they don't watch these games. They don't see like the talent or lack thereof on the field. And it's just, you know, we, uh, like I said. I've shit on Joe Mixon. I mean, ever since he fucking uh, knocked that college girl out in a bar. I mean, I I know she probably deserved to get punched, but Jesus Christ, oh. you know what I'm saying? It, it was that was that was a mess. Ever since it then, hard. it really hasn't been anything any anything great. He's never lived up. That let's just put it that way. That was his ba- the biggest hit of his career. Okay. But um, what else? Um, I got one more thing for you. You have anything else or I have I'm one more done, thing. dude. I'm done. I honestly, bro, right. I, I just, I need, I need to see some football. I need, I'm tired. Talking. We have been fucking pounding our dicks against the brick walls since fucking early summer. I, I need to see some football, but I do want to get to your last point because it's important. This is important. It has to do with your boy, my boy, my old boy, our ex-girlfriend, Sam Darnold. And oh, Sammy, baby. against the Jets, fight Sam. On, fight on. So against tough. the fucking Jets. Sean, revenge game. Revenge game coming this Sunday. 
it, it, you just could I, I just can feel it that Sam Darnold wants to prove to the Jets that he was the fucking guy. They fucked up. They never gave him the support he needed. Um, they gave up on him too early. He's upset. He's fucking upset. And I want to tie this um, not you know not only into like you know the Jets suck, but also into um, the wide receivers on Carolina. And I, I just, I have them ranked pretty high. I, well, I have DJ Moore ranked fifteenth, uh, which I think is pretty fair. Uh, maybe some people have him higher or not, but I have Robbie Anderson amped up. I have him as my twenty-second wide receiver. I think that Carolina wants to get Donald's confidence um, up and early in Week One. They want to exploit the Jets' weaknesses which mostly on defense stems from the secondary. They're going to let Sam Darnold throw the ball. They're going to let him have fun on opening day against his old team. Um, and they're, I just, I, he has his chip on his shoulder. I mean, who doesn't when you play against your old team, your former team, who let you go? They drafted, they, they um, drafted you as a first-round pick. You're supposed to be the future, and then they fucking just let you go, and they put all the blame on you, which was bullshit. I think it's. I think there's going to be some big offensive numbers from Sam Darnold. If this was like middle of the season, I'd be talking about Sam Darnold as a streaming option. Obviously, there's no streaming options. It's week one. Um, but I just think that you know, obviously Christian McCaffrey's going to fucking light them up. White Lightning is going to light them up. But I just wanted to talk about you know, you're obviously you're starting DJ Moore. Um, I see a lot of people talking about DJ Moore or this guy. Come on, stop it. But the guy who you know. Each week, we're going to be talking about, uh, should we put him in our flex? Should we bench him? Robbie Anderson, you are 100% starting Robbie's, Robbie Anderson this week. Um, he's definitely one of my must-starts of the week. So uh, how do you feel about that? You think Sam Darnold uh, is going to look, you know, is going to light it up against the Jets? Is it going to be the Sam Darnold that we saw with the Jets? How do you feel about the Carolina wide receivers this week? I mean, you said that Carolina wants to get Darnold's confidence up. There's nothing better of a confidence builder than having uh, Christian McCaffrey to your right or left side. Um, this guy is elite. He's one of the best fantasy players we've ever seen, frankly. Um, I He is going to be the perfect security blanket for Sam, where it doesn't matter if the offensive line sucks. He's going to dump it down in CMC, and he's going to fucking take off. As far as the wide receivers... I don't know if you knew this, Mike, but uh, Robbie Anderson and Sam Darnold have a little bit of history. Um, Robbie used to be a Jet. Some say they shouldn't even let him go. Uh, you know, everybody loves Joe Douglas, and I, I like Joe Douglas too, but, you know, he admitted himself that he misjudged the wide receiver market and didn't want to give Robbie a two-year, $20 million deal, but gave uh, – Richard Perryman, a um, one-year $10 million deal, and I think he played two games for the Jets, or you know, he might as well have played zero. Um, I like Robbie a lot this year. I like DJ Moore a lot. I like them both more. I, I contemplated putting them both in my top 25. That's how much I liked them. Don't get me wrong. I didn't want the Jets to get rid of Sam. I personally like him a lot. He'll never be an elite quarterback, and he's still Sam Darnold. He still has shit for brains at times where you can tell he just is panicked and doesn't know what to do, so he just fucking throws it. He's like J.R. Smith in basketball where like he thinks he's going to shoot you into winning the game or shoot you out of the game, and that's what Darnold kind of always has been. I think we'll see a lot of those moments. But for this week, bro, Jesus Christ, if I'm doing daily fantasy – just give me the Panthers. Like yep. I'm sure Darnold's cheap. 
Um, give me the Panthers fucking top two wide receivers, McCaffrey and Darnold. We'll fill out the rest. And, you know, I, I, you know what I'm looking for for this game, Mike? I'm looking to see, um, I want to see the Jets running back from a Jets perspective. I want to see how the Jets running back situation shakes out. And I want to see um, Zach Wilson just have a solid game. And I don't want the Jets to get embarrassed because the national media, I already hear them unzipping their pants to be like, oh, LOL Jets. Oh, my God. Oh, they got rid of Sam Darnold because there's a really good chance that the Jets defense makes Darnold look like, you know, baby Brady. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, this is a great this is a great uh, matchup for Carolina, obviously, like they're, they they have a very good offense. The Jets secondary sucks. Christian McCaffrey can light up the best, you know, um, defensive line in the world um, and linebackers in the world. But I'm not counting the Jets out in this game, Sean. I'm not saying the Jets are going to lose. I think uh, Zach Wilson's going to put up some points. I think he's going to show us why they drafted him number two. Um, Zach Wilson's um, a guy, he moves very well. He throws on the run. He can get out of the pocket. He can make plays. So I also think that, you know, Corey Davis is going to be a big part of the Jets this season, but also in week one. I think Corey Davis is going to get his 10 10 plus targets at least. Hell yeah. Um, yeah, I really do. I think Corey Davis is going to be a steal. We're going to be looking back later on and saying, Corey Davis, you know, you draft him in the 10th round, you got to fucking steal because he's playing like a fifth rounder. Um, but, you know, the running back situation in New York, you and I have talked about it a couple of times. What's it going to look like? I think running back by committee. I think Tevin Coleman might even steal the show a little more than Michael Carter early on. We will see what happens with that, but I think that's going to be a good game, a uh, big offensive game between the Jets and Carolina. And, Sean, that's legit all I have to talk about. That's all we have because that's all we fucking need. This is the last podcast without actual football to talk about, football that matters, okay? That's the, that's all I care about. So Brett. we'll see you. Mike's in the bloods now. I forgot to tell you guys. Um, happens when I get excited. That, that will do it for the Grand Center Fantasy Podcast. If you made it to this point in the podcast, like you know it. you're one of the fucking goats. I'm sure it's our guy, Jake. I'm sure it's our guy, uh, Friday. I'm sure it is our guy, Jared. All of our OG Steph's Grand home. Central Fantasy members, thank you for your support. Subscribe on Patreon. It's what keeps this thing going. And uh, we'll see you guys on the other side of week one, baby. Peace. Let's get it.